Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today, we have the Academy Manager at Predator Ridge, Mrs. Kylie Naba. Kyla, a born and raised Okanagan girl, describes her journey from the back shop at Gallagher's Canyon to the UBC golf team, all the way to playing on the Australian Ladies PGA. We chat about how incredible Okanagan golf is and what it's like working at such a renowned resort facility like Predator. We talk about some of her adventures in Oz and how that experience changed her life as well as what the transition was like coming back to Canada. Amazing conversation with one of British Columbia's best instructors who has an incredible passion for the game. So let's get into it with Kylie Inaba. Welcome to the 4Jack Podcast. Folks, welcome back to another episode of the 4Jack Podcast brought to you by Jackson Labs, the brand consultants that we trust to get our brand going in the right direction and the brand consultants you should do used to do the same. Go check them out at jacksonlabs.com. Um, this episode is also brought to you by our friends over at TaylorMade Golf. Tom, you have some new TaylorMade Golf clubs in your in your possession now. How how is how is that going so far with these new weapons? I, I, I saw it the other day. Look, you looked like you're just an absolute monster out there, a mutant. Yeah, yeah, dude, I'm loving it. Uh, the driver, it's a bit of an adjustment from what I used to have, but flying the ball further in the air and uh, those wedges, I think, should be deemed illegal. There's a lot of uh, grit on the face, let's call it, but. I got to be honest, I'm excited to be here for this one today. It's like kicking up some nostalgic vibes inside of me, right? Like many moons ago, there was a Honda Civic with two passengers in it, maybe three sometimes. Um, and we would go play this track that uh, our guest is from. So, yeah, excited to dive into her story today and go down the rabbit hole, buddy. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, this is uh, a golf, she's the academy manager at a golf course that probably most Western Canadians have played or have had aspirations to go and play a resort course that is renowned across the country that everybody enjoys and loves to get their ass kicked at. The Academy Manager for Predator Ridge, Miss Kyla Inaba. How are you? I am great. I am great. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> uh, it's, you know what? It's our pleasure. You know, Tom and I, when we kind of, when we got this link up, and we found out found out about you and a little bit more about your story. And we're just sitting there going like, okay, Predator. Yeah, love that vibe. That was always like the penultimate course that we had to go to on the Kelowna trip. That was always last. Hopefully you build up some of your game and go shoot <laughs> 95. Um, yeah. I have to share a quick story about one of our experiences at Predator. I forget because the course is developed and there's more to it now, but one day we were out there, we were playing, I think in a three ball and we're going up to the green and one of the marshals, someone's like, Hey, someone's going to come join you. Just wait for him by the green. This guy was just dripping in Jay Lindenberg and like piped his drive, hit his second shot to maybe like eight feet on, but was on the high side of the cup and nice. proceeded to five putt before just saying, <laughs> Hey guys, can I rank this? I can I just pick this up, please? Like, I was a little nervy with all of you watching, and uh, I wish I remembered his name. I'd give him a huge shout-out, but that was one of the best memories. Nice, nice. I thought you were going to come up with, like, a celebrity story where one of, like, the hockey players came up, but that was even better with the five-putt, the five-jack. <laughs> I, I feel like that's, like... I feel like if you don't do that a couple times out there, you're really just not getting the full experience. 100%. Yeah, the greens can be super crazy. I went and played last night. As you guys know, as PGA professionals, we don't get to play as much anymore. And uh, I was like, man, I haven't played in a while. These greens are very slopey. <laughs> you really have to take care when you're reading the greens. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, before we go too deep into it, and then a little more about the golf course and Kelowna golf in general, or Okanagan golf in general, why don't we kind of just, for the listeners, kind of give like a little bit of a backstory of who you are, what your position is, and how long you've been at Predator. Yeah, uh, so I am the Academy Manager at Predator Ridge, and uh, this is my fifth season. Um, one of the main programs we run is Swing Like a Girl, which is kind of like a lifestyle program. We've got a whole bunch of different uh, programs, leagues, that kind of stuff within the Swing Like a Girl umbrella. And um, the main thing is just to make golf more inclusive for ladies and uh, 
you know, today is Women's Golf Day, actually. So oh, it's yeah. a perfect time to explain this. Um, but yeah, so Seem Like a Girl is kind of like my, my baby here. I love uh, getting ladies involved, getting ladies excited um, to get out and play. Um, but then I also, we've used TPI. We're TPI certified. I've done, dabbled in some golf fitness as well as like TPI golf instruction. Um, and I just love being curious with the golf swing. So that's where I'm currently at. And then I'm sure we'll get into how I got here. But um, it's been a wild five years, and uh, I'm very grateful to have landed as my first kind of teaching spot, my teaching position here at Predator Ridge. This is it. This is the only place I've been teaching, so I feel very lucky. Wow. How'd you pull that one off? Like, yeah, geez, that's impressive. And to be honest, I would like to swing like a lot of these girls on LPGA because they have some of the nicest, most flawless swings out there. We do get, you know, we'll get the, the guys that will come into the pro shop and snicker a little bit like, oh, like a girl, come on, Bob, you know, but then I'm like, dude, my friend is Killis Nettie, like one of my best friends. She has the world long drive championship, like record, like she's hit at 413 yards. Like, do you want to swing like that? Yes, you do. I, I don't care. Like we play with um, Carrie Moffitt from Mayfair Lakes and. Every single time I watch her hit the ball, I'm like, that's literally the most aspirational tempo I've ever seen in my life. And I so wish I could do that. Yeah. I will never have that. I'll never have a golf swing that Carrie looks that awesome. nice. Another lifestyle league kind of person, not lifestyle league, yeah. but involved in leagues like that. Totally. Yeah. She totally gets it. She gets all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, you are, I mean, God, you're blessed to get that role first off, but. You're also a Kelowna girl and I mean, I you started in Gallagher's and then kind of moved your way into Predator. It's like, gosh, you just never left the Valley. No. Uh, well, I did, but then it's come full circle. So we'll give you guys a little bit of that background. I grew up at Gallagher's Canyon with my junior membership there with my dad. Oh. Um, and those boys are like my family. They are still my family. I grew up like you know, doing things probably can't talk about on this podcast, potentially, although we talk about a lot of things on this podcast, um, just a bag drop and, you know, washing carts and finding missing carts that are like down the trailhead, like, you know, way off golf course. Um, so Gallagher's where I grew up, played junior golf there. Um, the members were fantastic. They kind of uh, got me on my way when I decided I wanted to turn professional after college. Um, so they were, they were just wonderful there. And then I went and played collegiate golf, uh, professional golf. And then, um, I found my way back to Predator Ridge once I retired. So Kelowna, love the Kelowna golf courses. Um, Gallagher's is near and dear to my heart. And, uh, I do love the views from Tower Ranch as well. I think those views are amazing. Oops, I got to ask a question here about Gallagher's in your golf career. Do you think that that first tee may or may not have helped you develop the thick skin required to get out and play competitive <laughs> golf. Cause that was one of the craziest first tee locations, like on top of the clubhouse, basically like I right think, in front I think of it's the most intimidating first tee shot in maybe Western Canada. Potentially. Yeah. Um, it was always for me, like a being a female teeing off the tips, which I forced myself to, because, of that situation where there's people in the patio, there's people looking on the pro, out of the pro shop windows. Um, so for me, that was, yeah, I just, I love that first tee there. It's so awesome. And when you watch um, some of the McKenzie tour guys, obviously they've played a couple tournaments there. So to watch them play that course and tee off from that same tee uh, is very, very cool. Yeah. I, I love that golf course. I've always enjoyed it, but I mean, besides Gallagher's before we get into like your co collegiate and professional career, I just, Tom and I were kind of talking about it right before the show like just like how good like when you really think about it is like the Kelowna golf scene like it's one of those places in Canada that like and North America that people really don't think about I guess like Canadians obviously do but more so like Western Canadians and it's like man, yeah. you're so spoiled with so much good golf there like especially high-end golf where you're on sand base you know, you have everything at your disposable. You have these mountains, you have the views. I mean, it, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah, it actually is. I haven't really thought about that too much since you just brought this up. I'm going like in Vancouver, you've got like your private golf clubs. I was at UBC, so we played at Shaughnessy. 
Um, but I haven't played a lot of those other private clubs because they're private. And then you've got your like public um, in Vancouver and in Kelowna, you have all these great semi-private courses that you have access to. Um, and then of course in the summertime, you've got the golf, you've got like the lake and you've got the wine and it's yes. just like the most killer combo ever. Um, I always, when I'm traveling, I'm like, Oh, we live in like the Napa Valley of like Canada, basically. It's the Canadian French like, Riviera. Where's Kelowna? <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, don't you know Kelowna? Like it's the best wine on the planet. And they're like, no, we have no idea where Kelowna is. We're a little hidden secret. It's a desert. It's a desert. Sorry, CPAs, but let's not forget if you take a little drive down, you also got a nice like canal where you can float down in Penticton, which is there's a good story about that too. That like I almost shouldn't have brought this up because CPAs, one of my favorite his favorite moments of me in life happened at that freaking canal where I was like lubed up with the tanning oil and we yeah. had we put the tube in and I jumped and like totally just slipped right off and like into the water. <laughs> it was a disaster, but like Kelowna. Classic could be one of my favorite places and it, it probably is like my favorite place in Canada. And I'm like, I would for sure live there because of the access to the golf. Like you get a little bit of winter, you can go to big white, hit some snowboarding, do some skiing, but like your winter season is like three to four months tops. Right. And then you're back at it again with the, with the golf and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty lucky ski in the winter golf in the summer I grew up playing like every single sport in the book because we have all four seasons and um you do have to like play your sport with the season unlike other places where you just play your one sport or two sports all year and that's it yeah it I don't know I mean it's tough to beat that place really like I mean like my, my brothers lived there on and off for 10 years 15 years I guess and it was always like you know Tom knows like getting to Okay, man, we're booking this trip. Like, we're going. We got a place to stay. Don't worry. We're just making calls for golf. We're going to go out and just smack it around at every single track. And even, like, old ones. Like, you know, Kelowna Country Club, I've always felt is, like, so yep. underrated there. And oh, I love I love it. Oh, it's one of my favorite golf courses I've ever played. And it's like, dude, this isn't, like, Kelowna golf, really. It doesn't really depict what you see around the area, but it's just so good. Yeah, which is why it's so much fun because it's more of like a parkland style course, uh, a little bit more water that you have to kind of figure out and play around versus like Gallagher's is more in the trees, Baron Quail is more in the trees. Out here, it's like kind of in the trees, but then kind of lengthy, but not. Um, yeah, so Colonial Club's fantastic. It's always a good test. It's always fun to play around that track. Um, absolutely. Sometimes I get jealous because I'm always work. Like now I work six days a week. And I look at all these resort guests that are at Predator Ridge. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I could just be that person <laughs> on vacation right now, just playing golf at all these amazing golf courses. That that's something I want to touch on. Then, like, I, I mean, there's obviously re resort courses everywhere, but there's something about being at a golf course where people like plan a whole year, plan for a whole year for this trip, and it's like, like I mentioned earlier, like that's the one, that's the one you try to reach for. You get all the other ones out of the way just not out of the way like you're gonna enjoy them but it's like we're building for predator and it's like even if people just go there and go there for a week and just play every day like if they have a house there they rent something it there's something about the resort vibe that even if you work there I, I imagine you'd still feel that energy off them oh for sure i mean um this weekend was kind of the first weekend where we stepped onto the pad right at the valet station there with my with my big bag and all my training aids and stuff and I was like whoa this feels like we're back into almost non-COVID days like it just felt busy and so you kind of get that buzz and you're like okay let's go and it sometimes even brings me back to my Gallagher's day where I'm out there scrubbing clubs and like okay like how much how much money can I make off scrubbing clubs today and you've got your like your goal in your mind right and so but it just gives you like that excitement and then I go to the teaching tee and just try to make people happier with their golf games, try to change some lives. And, uh, you know, that's it. And the resort vibe is just, I love it. I, I don't know if I could ever, I never want to say never, but like, I like the semi-private style of work. Mm -hmm. I think the private is a little bit too private for me. I've never been fully private at a private club, but I like, I really like the semi-private vibe as far as work goes. 
Yeah, because you get that like core group of people, but then there is that rotating like, whoa, I'm here. Like, what is going on? Type of like the the Disneyland vibes of people just like yep. coming through it. So that keeps you always excited. Yeah, you got that core base of good people that you're like, hey, Bill, hey, Sally, what's happening? I think you need the party aspect as well. You need the the wild cards yeah. to come in to kind of just throw a little wrench in the system here. Like that's the best when you're like, oh, oh, there's a vibe here today. Like there's a group out there that's having a real good time. I love yes. that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's when the uh, the ambassadors are going like, oh my God, there's this group on number whatever hole. And then the cart girl will like, where is that hole? Let's yeah. go like sell them some more beer. I'm going to follow that group for the rest of the day. <laughs> yes, exactly. Barbie ball. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, let's kind of go deeper into your playing career. Uh, first, sure. we'll start with your collegiate side, and then we'll head down, I guess, to the other side of the world, as south as we can go. Yeah, sure. Um, so I played golf at UBC. So I was there actually before Carrie Moffat got there. I just missed out on her coaching skills by, I think, a year or two, which is really too bad. Um but I was there with the likes of Lindsay Mannion. Um, I don't know if you guys have had the pleasure of playing golf or being trained with Lindsay yet. Um, she's fantastic. She's now a PGA pro, um, but very good fitness trainer as well. Um, and I was at the stage when I got into collegiate golf where like breaking 80 was really good. Um, and then I just slowly chipped away and golf was just like, I was obsessed with it. So anytime that I could get out to Shaughnessy and practice, if it was on my own, if it was in the rain, um, whatever, I would get out there and practice. Um, and so then I kind of just stuck my way into, okay, I think I can play at a pretty high level here. Um, it made me become a really good leader because I was in kind of a captain position. So I learned how to kind of lead a group of people um, and try to inspire them and share experiences. Um, and then we usually challenge for titles at both the Canadian championships, which I think we won three of four that I was there for. Wow. Uh, and then the American championships, we were always in the mix. Um, bookended my four years. They won before the, the NAIs before I was there. And then the year after I left. Um, and I was always like, Oh, I feel like I'm a part of that one that they won in 2010 because it was just building, building, building. And, uh, maybe I wanted it too bad. I don't know. But anyways, it was so fun to be part of a team. College golf is very unique because you're playing for your own score. But for me, I was a huge team sport player growing up. Um, so the, the team aspect is just where, where all my passion was throughout uh, college golf. So it was super cool to just be inspired uh, and like push your teammates to, to play better. And that bond you create with those girls is like, it's so strong. <laughs> you spend like all year, all off season, like even in the same, you know, dorms or whatever. Um, it's a really cool experience for sure. Yeah. Would you like to see some sort of like you're saying you're playing for your own score, but like that team vibe, like I feel like that needs to be worked into it because that like building that chemistry, that friendship, it's like how do we work the like Ryder Cup style, Solheim Cup? Like, how does that integrate into this so that there is that like team dynamic rather than like the individualism, but like you get those people that are like, okay, like let's help build each other up, which kind of like proves you're a good coach leader like team player yeah. in life but like that should be built into the program i think but i think it kind of is though isn't it like you guys spend so much time together like isn't that like the quintessential bonding for the whole team is like just pump them with time keep them together yeah yeah, yeah exactly the longer you can like spend together as a pod uh, the stronger it is, the more you just like understand the person and you don't even have to like talk to them. <laughs> like you can read their body language. Right. And so you know what they need. Um, and I think we see it now, I think a little bit more on TV with the golf channel covering uh, like collegiate golf, which didn't happen when I was going to college, but I think that's super cool. Um, and as far as, as individual play, you can tell the players who come in and have played on a team previously or in team sports previously, 
And you can tell the players on the team who have maybe only ever played golf or have been ballet and golf or tennis and golf, where it's just very much more of a single or individual sport. So some of those players, you maybe have to work a little bit harder at, no, this is how we work together. Um, but I think in general, for me, uh, college golf, just that team vibe, team anything for me uh, is kind of where I can get jacked up. I love being part of a team. I really struggle sometimes. And that's kind of where I suppose I struggled um, playing professionally. And sometimes it just felt like it was you uh, and not necessarily a team. Yeah, I, we'll get into that in a second. But I mean, like, I think you kind of talk about spending time and, you know, building that. And I'm sure there was some players where you're like, hey, like, this is going to be, I'm going to have to put in some work to, like, get this person on the team aspect of it. And it's like, but also, like, having access to places like Shaughnessy, where you guys said you played all the time. And it's, like, pretty hard not to, like, really start to enjoy yourself when you're on like one of the nicest places ever and you get to practice there and then you can go play at, you know, university club and you're like, man, we're just having a good time in a really nice place. Like it, 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 you could, it breeds good energy. And I imagine it would be a lot easier to like break down the walls of those tough people when you're playing in places like that. Yeah. I mean, you'd think, you'd think so think, <laughs> for <yeah>. sure. <laughs> but I just think sometimes, especially uh, with school going on and that age group when you're like, 18 to 22 you don't really appreciate sometimes that you're literally at one of the best golf courses in the world <laughs> um so i have a lot of those kind of i look back into high school and college and like man i really wish i appreciated that more um but you're right now now anytime i'm at any of those i've had so many amazing experiences with my collegiate and professional kind of playing days where it's just like how can i not like enjoy this moment right like you really do have to go I'm lucky to be here I don't want to I don't want to ride that like crazy roller coaster of results which I think a lot of um, collegiate play and professional players um, can kind of get sucked into um, because it is so results driven and so black and white and oh I have to report back to my sponsors or my coach or this is a qualifier for this event or whatever it is right you do have to kind of have that mindset of okay Let's really enjoy this. Let's play some some good golf. Let's enjoy the challenge. Like if I hit it into the right rough, let's enjoy the challenge of that next shot. Like how I'm gonna gonna score from here. Otherwise, you just start compounding pressure on yourself, and that usually isn't a key for success. Totally. Like, yeah. Heart rates up usually, and like that, then timing everything. Just yeah, it's it's look forward to the challenge of the next shot, even if it's bad, knowing that like, okay, I'm going to give it my all like crazy things happen. I've been listening to Matthew McConaughey's book right now. And he, he goes into this thing where he's like, I hate the word unbelievable. Like that's unbelievable. He's like, no, because miracles happen all the time. You got to believe that one is coming for you right now. And it might be that shot out of the rough because he also loves golf. Totally. But, yeah that's kind of my take on it is like all right all right all right um yeah i i, I completely agree and I, I think the team aspect of college golf is by far the most exciting thing and getting to, and like you said earlier like getting kind of see it on tv now where you see that yeah. excitement with these guys and girls and you're like man that just looks sick like i was even watching it's the so other day cool. it's all awesome. that kid got that ace the other day and like in the desert and you're like, dude, that's so sick. Imagine getting an ace and celebrating with your team on the team and like your coach is there and you're like, what a day. Like this is, and it's on, and it's televised. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, uh, the teams that have like repeated, like at UBC, we had our women's volleyball team was really good. Um, and they like three or four repeated their national championships. And I'm just like, wow, you have to be so good to do that year after year after year. And I mean, you look at teams now, if we're talking golf, like the caliber of golf right now is insane. Like those girls and guys, a lot of them, well, we see it, the, the collegiate men, a lot of their club head speed is like higher than PGA Tour right now, right? So um, the caliber of golf to just win out there and to even, I don't know if there has been in history, like a repeat champion there, but like it takes you have to be on to win, right? Yeah. So very exciting stuff to watch college golf. Definitely. Well, let's get more into your professional side then. Um, we've moved, we've finished college and 
You got to spend a little bit of time down in Australia. Now, give you a little context. I lived down there for three and a half years and kind of bounced back and forth. Just lived in Sydney, really, but loved it. Okay. Um, okay. And I've yeah. always been kind of fascinated with the Australian PGA and like LPGA because it's like, it's something we don't get to see. Like we don't get any coverage of it up, up here, but it's like, I think if people got to witness it more, like they would be more interested, especially in the golf courses, they'd be interested in watching it because it's a completely different style of golf almost. So yeah. I mean, just talk to us about your time down there. Yeah, it was, um, I loved it. Like the Australian tour to me, I had um, a couple of gals who turned pro before me. They had gone to Australia and I was like, I think I can turn pro for one. Yeah, let's so talk play about a few that, years actually. of professional golf. <laughs> I, I was like, okay, I'm going to do a few years of professional golf. So I did like some mini tour stuff in Phoenix uh, for a few years, even as an amateur. And then when I, when I had financial backing and ready to turn pro, which I would tell any amateur to like, don't rush into it because entry fees go up. Everything goes up as soon as you turn pro. And if you don't have the game to back yourself, you are just dumping money, like hemorrhaging money. So take the time to know you can do it and take the time to make sure you have the financial background to do it, to support yourself for a few years. Um, anyways, some of these gals had gone and I'm like, I think I really want to do that. Um, but they had like since retired and I was like, I think I'm just going to go like make the decision to go. So I messaged, um, an American gal who had gone previously. And I was just like, Hey, do you need someone to travel with? I'm looking at going. And at this point in my career, like this was like a big step for me to like reach out to someone who I didn't know to see if I could travel with them. Once you played on tour for a few years, that's kind of like normal. <laughs> you can reach out to strangers and be like, Hey, do you want to carpool to this event? And that's totally normal. Um, but back then that was like a big step and to like fly across the world by myself for the first time was also a really big step. And I just remember being on that airplane going like, this is like, I'm taking that next step in my life. I'm doing this on my own. Like, this is it. Right. Um, so then I landed in Australia on my own trying to figure things out. And it was just like the best experience ever because they're so friendly over there. And the tour itself, the ALPG, it was called at the time um they're like a family like they really do welcome you in um and they kind of like show you the ropes and you play in a pro-am series first to start with uh which is very interesting because the amateurs you're paired with they're not like pro-ams in north america where there's carts and beer and music and whatever it's like they're they have their trundlers that they're pulling their <laughs> golf bag on Right. You know, this Chris, yeah. they're pulling their trundlers. They've got their like stable food scorecard that they're going to put in the machine no matter what. And every, you know, they're going to make sure the X's are all scribbled in or whatever. Um, and it's like serious golf. It is not your typical North American pro-am. Uh, so that was a bit eye opening. Uh, and then they always play stable food, which is also really cool. I thought, um, and a really smart idea, uh, for those people who don't know what stable food is, it's just a point system. So if you make a net, par you get two points if you make a net birdie you get three points uh and if you make like a double or worse then you just pick up your ball and you get zero points and just keep moving on so i think it's great for pace of play um and it's it was just a really eye-opening experience for me like i didn't know even how to score stableford until i got to australia um and so then after that our pro-am series qualified us for the majors and then um the majors were typically paired with the European tour. Um, so it was the first time I really got to kind of play with some of the bigger names in golf. So um, one of my highlights from over there was playing with Laura Davies at the Vic Open at, in, in uh, Melbourne. And uh, I remember I made the cut like right on the number. And so we were already kind of like having some beverages because we weren't sure I was going to make it. And my host that I was staying with, who was also my caddy, was like really like five or six beverages deep. <laughs> and, um, and so we checked the leaderboard and I'm like, oh, my God, I made it. And she just was like, oh, my God. And then we discovered we were paired with Laura Davies. So I was like pooping my pants because I'm going to be paired with Laura Davies. And my host mother um, was just going nuts because Laura Davies like has the same birthday as her. Uh, they're like the same age. 
And so I was like, you are cut off. Like you need to stop right now because I do not want you to embarrass me tomorrow. And we are playing with Laura Davies. So we need to be like, ready to rock. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. So, yeah. So that's really cool where we just get to play with, um, uh, we got to play with some of the, the gals who had just been in it. They play the LPGA, they play the European tour. Um, so there's a huge experience for me to just get some real tour life experience and traveling just like we'd finish a pro-am, we'd have a travel day, practice round day, and then you're in the next event like right away. So it was really good travel experience for me too. What about just like the experience of like you kind of met, alluded to it earlier where you're talking about playing Stableford and it's like pace of play is always good and People take it very mm-hmm. serious. Like playing golf down there was like, for one, like, I mean, you might be a little more used to it in Kelowna, but like the turf is rock hard, like for most of the year, everything runs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. the few guys I did get to play with, like legit members of the club that I was at or that, that I played at. Yeah. Like, it was like, I hope you're ready to play. Like, the, yeah, it's Sunday. We're having a fun day, but like, it's not really a, f- you know, it's a serious day. We're out here to play. Yep. We're not out here to just go yep. for a walk. And it's like, yeah, man, like, yeah. I haven't played in three years. It's like, well, figure it out. <laughs> we got to go Find here. It, yep, pretty much. And it's different too, I would say. Um, you were in Sydney, you said, Chris. So they have like, oh, they've got New South Wales Golf Club, uh, the Australian, like all those like fancy, ritzy ones. Yeah. But um even yeah like you say like they just take it seriously right like if you're playing golf you're playing golf down in melbourne too uh, i work this season ish in melbourne as well and like those courses are like legit a different like the sandbelt courses are legit a different style of golf that i had never experienced until i played in australia and it's just a lot of like crown greens using like hybrids or things to like roll the ball up um kind of the fringe onto the green and uh or you better be really good at using the bounce of your club <laughs> of your wedge like uh, you even see like some of the design like on some of these courses where like if you look at like metropolitan where like the the bunkers like they cut into the greens but like there's nothing stopping it like you could literally putt into the bunker and you're like what the hell like and you yeah. see that like you um what's the other one like kings kingslings or not kingslings that's okay uh, uh, Kingswood and Peninsula. Yeah. And you see that and you're like, gosh, like I yeah. die out there and you know, it's firm. Everything is yeah. firm out there. I mean, we, yeah. I, that's even a couple of years ago for the president's cup when you saw Royal Melbourne, you're like, wow, like why don't we get to watch golf like this more often? I know you just have to think, you have to think so much more. It's so much fun. Um, it's not just whatever you want to classify it as bomb and gouge, I suppose. And some like the, the web stuff, right? Um, or the Corn Ferry Tour. So even PGA, it, even PGA, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Soft park. So you just places. have to think your way around. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. love to see Phil Mickelson hit a putt that's going towards a bunker, and him run after it and swat it back, right? Because like, imagine, I, I, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around like I'm putting, and all of a sudden I just put it into a bunker, and I got to walk over to the <laughs> cart, grab a wedge, walk back. <laughs> And just like how the how the gears would be turning in my brain at that point, it would be rattling. Oh yeah, yeah. We played um, Metro just like for fun, not in the tournament uh, a couple years ago. And you can definitely putt into the bunker, but you can also putt out of the bunker on some of those. So I did actually try to putt one out just to do it, um, and we got it on film. That's so <laughs> sick. What what was your time like living in Melbourne then? Did you enjoy the city? I mean, I've never heard a bad thing. I The only yeah. bad thing I've ever heard was a guy that I live with from Sydney that hated Melbourne because it's flat. That's literally the only bad thing I've ever heard about that city. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's great. Like all of the Australian cities are, they've got their own little niche, right? So Melbourne, I like there's always something to I was pretty hardcore into golfing and I was transitioning into teaching. So I was doing a lot of shadowing. Um, but yeah, there's something going on there all the time. Lots of sports, uh, lots of events, um, lots of fashion. Like everybody, if you go downtown, like everyone is just like dressed to the nines. It's amazing. 
Um, but then Sydney, like the harbor, um, it's hard to beat going down to see the bridge and the opera house. Sydney's um, difficult though because like Sydney's like a hundred small cities that comprise yeah build up the one like it's not yeah you don't think yeah you're picking one spot in Sydney but that's like one part of that's like one small town across the bridge is another small town and it's like you just keep branching out into all these places yeah you're right you're right it is a bit like that I just anytime I didn't ever live in Sydney so we always just like went down to the water oh, and uh, it was stunning. always a lot of fun for us. It's so stunning. And then Adelaide, like Adelaide is a bit of like a little hick town and it's, we have lots of family <laughs> friends there. So it was like one of my favorite places to go see was Adelaide. <laughs> what were some of the weirdest places that that tour took you to? Cause there's some funky places in that country. Like there's a few times I felt like I was like in a Dr. Seuss book. I'm like, where yeah. am I? <laughs> And some of the names, well, between like some of the names in Australia and New Zealand, there's like a bunch of like W O O L G N O, like crazy names, right? You're like, where am I? Um, but the Pro Am series, we played a lot of um, like country golf courses. So you're just out in the middle of nowhere. That's the other thing, too. There's like, unless you're at a resort course or a larger course, there's typically no driving ranges um at a lot of these australian or new zealand courses so you're just hitting into a net so like you're playing a pro-am for like a decent sized purse for a pro-am right it's the same as like a mini tour event in america mm-hmm. um and so you're playing for some money and you're just hitting into a net to warm up or the net, the net might be taken so you might just be putting to warm up like you know um so a lot of these country courses it's like the golf course and there could be like a cow pasture just like right beside you um but yeah, it's just very interesting, very unique. My favorite course, I must say, uh, from our Pro-Am series was Yamba, one of the little courses um, in New South Wales. Isn't it little like surf nine town. Uh, that one's an 18-holer. Oh, it is. I've been to Yamba a couple times. It's beautiful there. Okay. It's gorgeous. Um, and so we just loved it. That was like my very first stop in, on the Australian tour ever. Wow. And then my final year there, five years later, um that's where i won my first and only event and then i retired from playing golf (laughs) (laughs) cap it off where it all began yeah exactly it was pretty cool pretty cool (laughs) i don't have too much to say about australia but i do know a fun fact the world's longest golf course is in australia and it i have heard that yeah, it's like an eleven-day journey that, like, sea pays. You know, probably more about this. I think it's right? like eleven hundred kilometers long. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole point is like literally, like, you play one hole. It's not even like a hole. It's, they just have a tee. It could be seven hundred yards down. There's a hole over there, and it's like, okay, next one. They have a map, and it's like drive three hundred k. Oh my gosh! It's the weirdest Crazy. thing. Yeah, <laughs> truckers entertained out there. so what was it like even when you had to leave australia like when you were done that career i mean it must have been kind of because even when i left i was like i don't know if i can ever go back to canada i'm like that's that's a tough go yeah well i tried to milk it for a little bit longer so i played our tour usually ran from like january through till march so it was really only like two and a half months um and then i would typically come back and play um play in Phoenix or play some mini tours before the Canadian tour would start up or the American like mini tour st- summer season would start up. Um, and then my, Oh, I want to say 2017, I think was my first year at predator. And I was approached by our, um, the manager here at predator Ridge at the time is Brody Carl. And he had just sent me a tweet. He said, Hey, <laughs> would you be interested in like teaching a little bit at predator Ridge? And at this point I was like, I'm still playing. I still have some sponsorship money from one of my sponsors uh, to play for another season. But like, sure, I wouldn't mind getting my foot in the door because at that point I was a little bit tired of like, I didn't want to go look for more sponsorship money at that point. And so I was like, I'll just kind of ride it out. Um, and this is a great way to maybe transition into an actual uh, like golf career other than playing, retire from playing. And so um I did that and I found that I really enjoyed instructing my first, like my first lesson was crazy. Like I remember getting this guy who was like, 
his handle was ahead, his ball position was so far back, he was tilted so far back as well. And I was like, I don't even know what to do with this guy. <laughs> what am I doing? And I had I had no formal you. training. <laughs> yeah. I had no formal training as an instructor at by that point. Um, but you kind of just you get in there and you experience it and as 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 soon as you've seen enough swings, you figure it out. <laughs> and you, yeah. you figure out how the body needs to move efficiently, right? Um, so I did that for half a season. I played my final season in Australia and then um, I kept going back just for, I did it a year in Melbourne and then two years in Auckland to just go and shadow coaches and stay in the golf industry. So I would get a little bit more coaching reps in, stay in the golf industry, shadow a bunch of coaches over there. So I felt like I had my predator season and then my Aussie or Kiwi season. Um, so I felt like my learning process was really accelerated. Um, and so I feel like that's kind of how I cut my teeth and like got to be where I am today, just like an instructor where I feel like I'm fairly confident in what I'm telling the student in front of me, obviously learning never stops, mm -hmm. but, um, I feel like that was a really good, good way for me to really dive in right away. Um, going like, Oh my gosh, I'm 30. What was I at the time? Like 31 or 32 years old going like, I have no real work experience other than playing professional golf. Um, so let's accelerate this process. <laughs> what was the Kiwi golf scene like? I mean, you, I mean, coming from Canada and Predator, it's busy as hell. And then you're going down to, well, Auckland's busy as well, but like still pretty laid back. I mean. Very laid back over there. Like they're definitely a little bit more on island time, I suppose, <laughs> to be a little bit cliche there. But um, it's similar to like the smaller courses in Australia where, again, you're hitting into a net. Uh, there's not usually a big driving range. If the course has a driving range, that's like really cool. Um, and other than the like big resort courses that you hear of, like Kari Cliffs and Cape Kidnappers and Kinlock and all those courses, um, golf is very much like really affordable. Um, and you're going to, again, you're going out with your trundler and you're going to pay your little green fee and you're going to keep track of your stable for points. And um, you're probably not going to have a beer until after the round, you know, that kind of thing. They just take it much more seriously. So it's very similar to Australian golf. I like that they're playing the Stableford over there. I, I had the, the pleasure of playing in a little Stableford with our friend Cody and Brendan Durbin, good friends involved in the show. Um, and it, like as a competitive game, like I liked how it kind of, it was always up in the air, right? Like unless someone truly runs away with it, it's like, okay, like if I make a couple birdies and you make a double bogey or two, like I'm, I'm back in this. And like, I yep. think a lot more amateur weekend warriors need to like incorporate that style of game into what they're doing with their buddies. Cause it just like, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride and it's exciting. And I'm kind of totally. pissed the PGA tour got rid of the international. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree 100%. I think Stableford should be like, it's a great way to just introduce people to the game for sure. And um, like I said, we played it in all our Pro-Am series. So it was uh, just a really good way to play the game. It's a different option, right? Mm -hmm. That Pro-Am series is such an interesting thing. Like, I'm sure you know Fraser Mulholland of the VGT. I mean, he yes. was like, that's kind of how he got the idea originally from that was playing on that. And then like the pro -Am series in South Africa. And he's like, why the hell can't I have this in Canada? Like mm -hmm. why there's not more of that. It just, it blows my mind. Well, I don't know why every major city wouldn't have something like that. Like you have club pros that will play in that every week. Totally. Yeah. hundred percent. And it's, it was crazy to me. Like, um, I would pay an entry fee down in America that after the exchange rate was close to $900 Canadian. Um, and I would go play in a pro-am series for the same purse, the same payout for like a 50 to $100 entry fee. It was mind blowing at the time. Like things have changed a little bit now and there's like a qualifying series to get into the pro-am and the tour over Still. there. But at the time, I was like, why am I the only North American person over here? <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, honestly. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. Tom, what are you thinking? Should we uh, fire, it up, uh, fire yeah. up the rapid fire? You want to get rapid but not too rapid? <sighs> I've been trying to write out some questions as we go along here. Like, normally Parks leads this charge, but uh, we're taking the reins today. 
Yeah, I think you should bust out that list of questions you had yesterday. I think I have a few good ones on here. Okay, Maybe. okay, ball it. I like it. We'll see. We'll see. We'll start it up. Um, right. Yeah, we do a little rapid fire section here. It's it never really goes that fast. Just okay. don't be uh, wary of the time. It, it usually takes quite a while, but we enjoy okay. it that way. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna go. What'd you have for breakfast today? I'm gonna go. If gun to your head. Breakfast in Melbourne. Where's the first place you're going? Oh, breakfast in Melbourne. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I don't think I could actually give you a. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The some of the Aussie breakfast, like put an egg on anything, right? (laughs) Put an egg on your hamburger. Um, When you were going favorite breakfast, I thought you were going like ever. And I would say when we played in Thailand, they had like this uh, rice soup kind of thing and surprisingly it was like so delicious i don't know what it was but now i'll I'll have like i'll make it my own rice egg mixture for breakfast but like that thailand breakfast is so good i don't even know what it was i don't know what it is either i remember having it one day in thailand someone was like you should go eat that i'm like i don't know what it is it's like this lady on the street making it it was one of the nicest breakfasts i've ever had in my life and still to this day i've never seen it again and i don't know what it is but i loved it um, follow up that question. And this is always a tough one for a lot of people. What's the coffee order in Australia? Good coffee culture there. So there's always well, a lot of um, options here. I am typically, so I don't, I cut coffee out oh. halfway through my playing career because it was not good for me. <laughs> um, I did go through, uh, some mental yip battles with my putting. And so coffee was definitely not good. Uh, so I go to decaf, but I would love a de- decaf latte or like a flat white. See, the flat white is what's missing here. My question is, what got you through the yips? Um, the yips is a tough one. And like now I do get students, obviously, who come to me with like putting issues. So one of my mentors in Melbourne, Travis Harrison, he actually broke it down for me. So he would slow-mo film someone putting with their right hand only and then putting with their left hand only. And now typically the tremor will happen in your dominant hand. So for me, it was my right hand for sure. Uh, and so then whatever hand it is, hopefully it's that one that you can put into a claw, but just kind of take it off so that uh, there's less nerve endings um, on the grip. And then and then it's just kind of a battle to, uh, to just psychologically go, okay, this I can put this purely. Um, so yeah, it was an interesting one. I did a lot. I did, I experimented with a lot of things. Eyes closed, claw. Um, what else? Just some setup stuff, right? Too. Like I found that if you do naturally set up clothes, it's really hard to open the putter face coming through versus someone who sets up open. It's easier to close the face down. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for me, I was typically kind of a closed putter. Uh, and so then it could have just been a setup thing technically. And then it's just really hard for you to, to reroute the putter when you have to open it. So anyways, the ips is very interesting and I'd love to do more and more research on it, um, <laughs> but I'd it's, like it's a more on chipping yips. Cause it's a little different than the putter. I can't be claw chipping. I don't know. I don't think that's probably recommended, but we'll, <laughs> we'll move off the yips. Cause I bet you our listeners are probably getting anxious right now. Listening to <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, everybody, but maybe try a few of those things, claw or figure out which hand is your tremor hand and take it off. Um, just put one hand. Eyes closed. We'll just take it off, like put it in the claw, right? So anyway, just <laughs> look, look at, it off. Just that look at the hole. Don't look at the ball. Yes. Um, yes. A bit of an outfit gal out there at Predator. I mean, I feel like that's a resorty vibe. You got to look nice, but you can also be a part of that party crew. What's your vibe out there? You uh, getting all decked out? <laughs> uh, for like my golf, my work clothes, my Let's golf clothes. Round of golf. Oh, round of golf. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm an Adidas girl. So Adidas is like really, they've been sponsoring us for as long as I've been here, which has been awesome. Um, so I typically would like a nice skirt with like a little tuck in. Um, I do wear the bucket hat or the wide brim. Um, I have got a few options there that to match the outfit. But uh, certainly, yeah, I like to kind of keep it um, 
keep it in the Adidas realm for sure. When I was um, pre Adidas contract, I was with Long Ball, which is a company out of Red Deer, or they were out of Red Deer. And so that's where, um, when I was on Altered Course on the Golf Channel, I was kind of like that flat brim, like buff look. And uh, so I rocked that for quite a while uh, while I was playing professionally. And uh, some people were like, whoa, she's so hardcore because she wears like the flat brim and the buff. And uh, so, yeah, I got away from that now. But that was my old look. Okay. Okay. I like, I like the big safari type kind of like we're out here. We're just trying to keep the UV rays off my skin and shoot 100%. low number. Sun safe. 100%. Sun safe for sure. I, I like live in these sleeves, which are from Australia as well. Farm. Now, I was going to say, you guys major Aussie vibe. That's like Aussie, like school kids when they want to go outside, like yes. recess. No hat, no play. Yeah. Don't go outside exactly. if you don't have a hat. Exactly. I love that. Uh, what's in the bag? What's in the bag? Um, Taylor made uh, Sim 2 10.5 driver. Yep. Sim 2 Max, actually. Um, Me too. 10.5 and I got a three wood. I've got a four hybrid, all sim twos. And then I've got a combo 77790 set for my irons. Um, and then a 54 and a 58 degree MG2 wedges, which are amazing. I agree. Yes. I literally yeah. peeled the layer of skin off my finger touching the face after I pulled the cover off. I was like, whoa. Totally. Yeah. Those faces are no joke. They are so good. Thank God that ball is a little bit firm this year because I'm peeling covers right now. Like coming from my old Vokies <laughs> that had nothing left on them, I'm zipping through covers, which is nice. It's nice to see. Yeah. Love it. What's the halfway uh what's the halfway tradition? What kind of snack, what kind of drink we getting? Uh, we uh lining up a stogie, we lining up a six pack for the group, or are we just going like chicken bowl and a protein bar? <laughs> uh well if I were uh still playing professionally, I'd probably have like all everything packed and I'd have beef jerky and almonds and a banana and an apple and uh like either a PBJ or like a good solid whatever turkey sandwich. Um, but now I would say it's probably a Caesar or a cider. Um, and then if there's like a rosé or something in a can, that would definitely be my, my go-to. Rosé all day kind <laughs> yeah. of gal. Yeah, was, for sure. <laughs> I well, I rarely get that. to play golf. So rosé all day is like on my day off yet. Like that. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. We always like to ask this anyways, dream foursome, but it's actually a five ball. You're picking four. We like the party ball out here. So who is four people you'd like to play with dead or alive? Okay. That is, um, I would say my mom and dad, just because mom and dad, their dad doesn't even play golf really anymore. And mom just like occasionally nine holes with the girls. Um, but they've been through so much with me in my career. I just think they have to be there. And then probably Lorena Ochoa and maybe Annika. Okay. Like that. I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. a good lead into my next question then. Who was someone that you idolized on tour or tried to emulate even? Yeah, I would say Lorena for sure for me was uh was huge growing up. Or just as I was a junior. Um she, I don't know all the numbers and stuff, but like for the X amount of time that she was on tour, her like winning record was insane. Pretty outrageous. Yeah. Her and I think Yanni Singh were like names that people kind of don't really throw in the hat anymore. But for that time, uh, that was pretty darn like dominating. Do you feel um, like you like Lorena because you both left on top? <laughs> well yeah she she definitely dominated like she didn't she was just like yep i'm you know she was winning 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 and then i want to have a family see you later and i was like yep i'm gonna win yamba peace out <laughs> picking up the yamba <laughs> win and we go oh like yeah it. that's crazy she was 28 when she retired mm -hmm. was is that how old she was yeah, yeah. so as world number yeah, one yeah pretty cool like insane and then i mean you can't 
you can't not respect um, Annika. And then I feel like Kari Webb doesn't get as much of the respect that she deserves because her and Annika were like, you know, they pushed each other pretty hard. And Kari's still out there playing today. <laughs> Uh, and she is amazing. She does a lot of mentoring um, with the Australian girls. And she's just done us. And Annika, of course, has done a lot for growing the game as well. But uh, they're just still both in it, which is really cool. Give us two favorite golf courses. One in Canada, one internationally. Oh, okay. And if you pick um, Predator, you can only pick favorite hole. Because that's like a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's see. I would say... Well, I have to give you my favorite hole at Predator now. Probably mm. number seven Ridge, which is a par five. You can see like the lake. Um, you bomb a drive. You can kind of reach it into. And you just you have forest. You've got um, water. You've got mountains in the background. So probably one of my faves at Predator. Ridge number seven. Um, my husband and I went out to Cabot Cliffs, Cabot Links a couple years ago so i would have to say cabot cliffs for the dramatic effect over there like that is such a such a cool course um it is yeah just all those holes are just so different um you just have to go play it it's like it's just hard to explain like you get up to this hole and you're like this is such a good hole um and the links is great too but uh the cliffs is just like amazing um so that's too many courses already i have to put shaughnessy in there as well that's fine add them on and then in international i would say um probably kari cliff in um in new zealand we were also able to play terra et which is a very kind of exclusive course over there and it's just a totally just different experience like it's it looks like mars it is an experience yeah yeah um different kind of golf like you're just they, they cut all out of the dunes over there and it's almost like there's just grass on top of sand rather than the other way around you did know you get the chance to play barn yeah. uh we did <sighs> yep and um uh, again again like it's just it's hard to rank them right um I would say over there, especially it's like, and just golf course architecture in general, the relationship between the golf course, the golfer and the ocean is very interesting, right? Some courses that you're more, you're close up to the ocean and it kind of interacts and some it's just like down there on the bottom, uh, a little bit further away, you can hear it, but it's not like really within your, mm -hmm. your mindset. Uh, so it's very cool playing all of those kind of ocean style courses. Um, yeah, those New, those New Zealand, those New Zealand courses just, and the, some of the Australian courses along the water, mm -hmm. it's just, it's coming to have the water there and the relationship between, um, the golfer, the golf course and the water is kind of cool Definitely. on how the architects make it different each time. Yeah, it is. It's, it's totally different down there. I feel like you just get a different idea of what golf can be when you see that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hole of ones. Any? Ten? Zero? Uh, I've got one in a tournament at the Kelowna Club at the Kelowna Ladies Invitational way back in the day. Um, and it was the final round, and I was playing with one of my good friends, Haley Cameron. Uh, and my, I think my dad was caddying, or my mom and dad were both watching at least. And I made a hole in one and an eagle and a ton of birdies. And I think I shot six under that day uh to win the event so it was like such a cool hole in one um and then i had a hole in one on a beat the pro uh at predator my first nice. year here <laughs> so i got it was like my ninth shot of the day on that hole <laughs> that's disgusting yeah the poor people that were playing against me on that certain shot <laughs> it's like hey thanks man just take my money i guess we're not doubling this up at that point, you just got to willingly be like, wow, I, I've never watched, I've never had one. I've never seen the ball go in the hole from a tee box. So, like, I would gladly pay a couple bucks to watch it happen. I'd more, <laughs> like, pay a couple bucks and do it. But strangely enough, the only hole of one I have seen is on a beat the pro by an amp. He beat the pro. Oh. And he, like, he probably hit the shot of his life. 
this hack just cut this little one off one hopped it right in and it was like oh and there was like three groups on the tee plus the girl working wow. the table and the pro like it was a party <laughs> it was insane that is pretty cool that is the way to do it for sure uh, there's hole in ones are so interesting there's uh, when i worked at gallagher's there was a member there that had like 10 hole in ones no like well, if you play enough golf i guess i don't know to be fair, I mean, I think it just depends on the person. Like, we have a friend whose dad has, I think, eight. Like, Dan Zimmerman's dad. And five of them were in tournaments. And you're like, that's wow. gross. Guy just sees pins that he likes, and he's like, I believe in it. I can hit this shot. Ready? Stick it close. Um, Tom, would you want, do you want to cap it off, or do you want me to run it down for us? You finish it. You finish it up, man. Okay, okay. Um. Lastly, if there's one thing, say you're commissioner for a day of all of golf, professional and amateur, if there's one thing you could change, what would you like to change in the game? Um, I think it would be just more of an awareness thing. Like as in, when I was a new teaching professional, I didn't realize like the impact that I would have on, on, adults right a lot of times when you're playing professionally you think you're having impact on like juniors and kids and people growing up um but as soon as you turn into this like instructor coach role you are a leader like a lot of people are leaders just naturally in life and for me i would always kind of lead by example when i was whenever i was playing college golf or professional golf always have good etiquette always be polite always strike up a conversation but um I just think you never know how you're going to impact someone. And so understand that the things you say and the things you do um, can really impact people's lives. And I've seen it firsthand here where in the, the league that I run and the people that I teach, um, you might be like their source or their um, one thing that they get out and do each week. And like, you're their person, mm-hmm. right? So um just understanding that like as a young pro or as a young professional uh you can be a leader in this industry and to kind of think about how you're going to lead and how you're going to kind of trailblaze and be a a mentor for those like coming up behind you i think it's interesting on that note of just like the position of a golf instructor it's like you get all walks of life and like sometimes super like very successful people and like crazy like i think it was mike bloomberg someone asked him once how much would you pay to shoot scratch and he's like five billion dollars right so it's like it's cool that you kind of like get to like understand and see the vulnerabilities within people that are like yeah i've got this tournament and my one buddy's been beating me and like you kind of get to the root of like their soul in a way and like it is kind of a cool position to work on and develop these people and like give them extra like i don't know if they need all the confidence in the world if they're like mike bloomberg but like you kind of get to like yeah you get to see a different side of them and it is like an interesting responsibility in life to know that like okay like how are we going to build these people coach them and like develop them through the game of golf which like the metaphor of life as far as i'm concerned 100 percent. yeah you're definitely like almost a therapist in a way and so you have to build people up, but also sometimes you just have to like subtly, like if you've got egos involved, um, you kind of need to put people in their place sometimes just to go like, hey, what are your expectations here? Like, do you play on the PGA Tour? Um, like who's teaching the lesson? I definitely get that sometimes as a female instructor. I don't know what happens to male instructors too, but it's like, you're paying me so I can give you advice. Or do you want to just like pay me so that you can tell me what, you think i should tell you you know like it's very interesting so yeah you are definitely in like a bit of a a therapist situation sometimes um but yeah you can definitely have a a great impact (laughs) a great impact on people um and so you kind of get to decide what you want to do with uh with your you know your place in this world it is so funny that you are a therapist i used to be obsessed with getting lessons and sometimes i just wanted someone to listen to me and like assure me of what i'm actually doing be like, I think yeah. I'm here. I think I need to be here. I think this, this, this. And it's like, yeah, man, this is this is right. But these things are not. Like, let's just do that. And you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. And sometimes too, because you're you're on like with some of my like 
uh, season long clients, right? I tell them, I'm like, I'm not an all knowing, like all seeing person. Like I'm not God. If I had a magic pill here, like I would give it to you. Right. But like, we're in this together. Like, I don't know everything. So you need to tell me what you're feeling and what you're thinking. I'm going to give you what I think we should do, but we got to bounce through this thing together. Right. So it's a give and take. A lot of people just expect you to be like the all knowing, like, this is what you need to do and you will get better. But hopefully I can give you some guidance on what you need to do, but you need to give me some feedback uh, on what you're feeling, what you're doing. I can't see you out on the golf course all the time. So uh, it is definitely a partnership with students uh, to help them on their journey. I would say. Yeah. It's like, do you, me and your bad hips, baby, let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Kyla, we were so excited and actually just thrilled to go down this journey with you and kind of learn a lot more about your story and kind of just get the chance to share with everybody else. And we just want to thank you again for jumping on with us. This was a lot of fun and we're so excited till that moment that we can actually come out to predator. I know we can, we can definitely sneak out, but you know, it's frowned upon right now. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess, I guess we got to wait till, uh, whenever Bonnie loosens up the reins. Boss Bonnie, she better loosen it up quick. Cause we got to go out to predator <laughs> and get our asses kicked. Yeah. The kids want to play. <laughs> I look forward to it. Yeah. I look forward to it. When you guys can come up here, let me know. Definitely. Well, thanks again for jumping on, and we, uh, yeah, looking forward to some bright things coming our way. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate what you do. Appreciate you growing the game in this way. So, thank you so much. Thank you, Kyla. Pleasure to meet you as well, and yeah, can't wait to play some golf with you. <laughs>